Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. If you love listening to Saints Alive, please consider donating so that we can continue to create these episodes. You can donate anywhere from $5 to $50 a month with some fun perks to go along with your patronage. Check out our Patreon account, which you can find through the donation page on our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. Today we bring you the story of a woman who moved thousands of hearts to Christ and changed the course of medieval history because of it. St. Catherine of Siena was a powerful mystic and became one of the four women doctors of the church. The term doctor comes from the Latin word docere, which means to teach. This title is bestowed upon the saints who gave us a deeper understanding of liturgy and doctrine. Every saint changed the world with their holiness, but the doctors of the church left an especially powerful mark with their teaching and writing. St. Catherine was born in Siena, Italy in the year 1347. She was a twin and the 23rd of 25 children. From early on, she had a passionate and devout love of God. No matter the circumstance, she was happy and even went by the nickname Euphrosyne, the Greek word for joy. Her story begins on a quiet fall morning when she was seven years old. Catherine and her brother Stefano were walking home from church. tell mom and papa this time what i always do there was someone who needed my coat more than i did Catherine, you can't keep giving away all your food and clothes and you need to be careful the plague is worse than ever during this time the black plague was sweeping through europe killing millions of people it was the most fatal epidemic in human history killing over a third of the population there was political unrest fear and sickness around every corner even though she was young Catherine understood the gravity of it all. She had lost her twin sister, Giovanna, and half of her siblings from the plague. These were dark times, but Catherine always knew how to find the light of Christ. Stefano, don't worry so much. <gasps> oh my, look at the sun. Do you see it? You find the goodness in everything, you frozen me. No, Stefano, I mean it. Look at the sun.
Catherine fell to her knees on the dirt road and clasped her hands in prayer. She gazed in awe at the sunlight that danced before her. Villagers passed by, staring in confusion at the little girl praying by the side of the road. Stefano watched as the sun rose the way it did every morning, cloaking the city streets in a warm light. It was beautiful, but nothing out of the ordinary. All right, Catherine, we have to go home. Come along, I don't want to cause a scene. But Catherine wasn't listening. Her eyes were transfixed on the light. Everything around her had faded away. Then, through the light, Jesus appeared, sitting on an ornate throne of gold. Next to him knelt his apostles, Peter, Paul, and John. He smiled down at Catherine and blessed her with the sign of the cross. My daughter, stay pure and true to your faith. Continue to love with all your heart. I will devote my whole life to you. Catherine wanted to stay with Jesus, but he faded into the light and vanished from view. <laughs> Please, don't leave. I don't want to be without you. Catherine, 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 what's the matter with you? I've been trying to shake you awake for minutes. Hello? Oh, Catherine, what's the matter? Oh, Mama, I'm sorry. It's just that... Her imagination got the best of her, Mama. Oh, well, that's all right. But, Catherine, where is your coat? Oh, I gave it away, but I don't need it. You must stop this. How many times have I told you to stop giving everything away? Go to your room. Yes, Mama, but can I still pray on each step? <sighs> Very well, Catherine. Why can't you just walk up the stairs like everyone else? I want to offer penance for souls in most need of my prayers. I don't know if I'll ever understand you, little Yefrosyne. Catherine knelt on the first step of the long staircase. She closed her eyes tightly and prayed from the depths of her heart. She was kind, diligent in her chores, and loved her family. But what she yearned for and loved above all was spending time in prayer. So it was nothing out of the ordinary to see Catherine praying her way up the stairs while the bustling house moved around her. But what happened that day was extraordinary. Catherine became so captivated in prayer that she began to levitate. Instead of kneeling on each step, she was slowly floating up the stairs. <gasps> oh. My. Word. What is it? Oh, Mama, come quickly. What is it now? <gasps> Catherine's family stood in shock, their mouths ajar, unable to comprehend the miracle happening before them. She floated all the way to the top, unaware of what had happened. Turning around, she saw her family looking up at her in disbelief. Oh, is something wrong? Did I forget something downstairs? Oh, no, 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 no. We we're just... just, oh, you're fine. Run along, dear. Everything is completely normal. Years went by and Catherine's beauty blossomed and her faith persevered. Her parents had tried to introduce her to several suitors, but she turned each one away obstinately. They knew she was willful, but never anticipated she would give her life to God alone. Everything became clear on a frigid day in March. 
Catherine was 16 and was in her father's workshop washing some newly dyed wool. Good afternoon, Papa. I'm almost done and I'll deliver this wool to Mr. Romano. Don't bother with the delivery. There's someone I want you to meet. Catherine, this is Gasparo. It's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. It's very nice to meet you. Are you the new apprentice for my father? Well, I... Um... Of course not! Gasparo has come to ask for your hand in marriage! Catherine's heart caught in her chest looking at the kind, handsome man standing before her. He sheepishly played with his hat, unable to look directly into her beautiful green eyes. She took a deep breath and stood tall. I'm sorry you came all this way, but I cannot marry you, or anyone. I don't know how to explain it. Well, you must try. I was made to worship God alone. I have given my heart wholly to Christ. The room stood in awkward silence. Catherine's parents looked at their daughter in confusion and anger. She had always been stubborn, but they assumed it was a childhood vice. They never imagined she would refuse to marry. Gasparo, I do apologize. My daughter is just surprised and flattered. She will take your hand in marriage. No, I won't. Catherine, your disobedience is an embarrassment to the Benincasa family. I am obeying God, Mama. Gasparo is a wonderful man, Catherine. He will provide for you and love you. Don't be foolish. This is when Catherine had an idea. She knew there was one thing that would change his mind. It seemed rash and somewhat dramatic, but it was the only way. Excuse me. Where are you going? She picked up a pair of scissors from her father's bench and walked swiftly to her room. Closing the door behind her, she stood in front of a mirror and untied her long, thick hair, letting it fall gently around her face. Lord, give me strength. She took a deep breath and began to cut her hair. Golden locks fell to the floor, and with each cut, she became more resolute in her decision. She knew her parents couldn't understand her heart, but this would be the exterior sign of her decision. Catherine, please come out. You aren't going to approve. Approve of what? <gasps> oh no, what have you done? All of your beautiful hair. I knew it would take something drastic for you to believe me. Oh, I do believe you. I just don't understand you. In time you will, Mama. Are you truly telling us that you will never be married? Never be a mother? What will you do? Yes, Papa. I've discerned to enter the tertiary Dominicans. It is not a cloistered order, but a community of laywomen devoted to Christ, living in the world, but not of it. This is my vocation. Giacomo, what do you say? This is difficult, but we will accept your wishes. I'm weary of trying to force you to marry, and I think we've always known that God was calling you to holiness in a unique way. But if you ever change your mind... I won't, trust me. Thank you, Papa. For the next three years, Catherine lived as a hermit in the basement of her parents' home. 
She entered into a life of suffering with joy and offered up all her pain for souls in need. She fasted, eating only one meal a day, and spent hours in silent prayer. Instead of a bed, she slept on a wooden plank. She also taught herself to read and write, pouring her heart and mind into the gospel and catechism. She wore the habit of the Dominicans with a pure white veil and brown tunic. Her piety seemed severe to her family, but it never changed her demeanor. She would always remain Euphrosyne to all who knew her. After three years of solitude, she felt God beckoning her to leave. She gathered what little belongings she owned and left home to join her fellow Dominican tertiaries, nursing those afflicted with the plague. Catherine stepped into the center of the city and froze in horror, looking at the hundreds of sick and dying people. She had lived in seclusion for so long that she had forgotten what the plague truly looked like. Dominican tertiaries rushed about with blankets and food, doing everything they could to help. One of them noticed Catherine standing on the outskirts of it all and went to greet her. Are you here to help? Yes. Yes, I am. We're grateful. Do you have experience as a nurse? No, I don't. But I'll learn quickly and I'm a hard worker. Caring for those with the plague is not for the faint of heart. We'll see how you manage. God has called me to serve the poor and suffering since I was just a child. I want to show them the love of Christ. Look around. Don't you see where you are? Hundreds are dying and the ones who survived have abandoned us. How can you speak of love? A soul cannot live without loving. It must have something to love for it was created to love. I suppose so. Their conversation was interrupted by the anguished cry of an elderly man nearby. Without hesitating, Catherine ran to help. She knelt down beside him and took his shaking hand in her own. Why has God abandoned me? I don't deserve to suffer like this. God will never abandon you. You must believe that whatever God gives or permits is for your salvation. So, he's allowing me to suffer to save my soul? Yes. I know it's hard to understand, but think of all that Jesus went through to purchase our salvation. Nothing great is ever achieved without much enduring. How am I to achieve greatness when death is at my door? Start being brave about everything. Drive out darkness and spread light. Don't look at your weakness. Realize instead that in Christ crucified, you can do everything. The man's eyes softened and welled up with tears. No one had ever loved him or believed in him the way Catherine did. He felt a sense of peace wash over him and gently patted her hand. What little life I have left has been changed by you. Thank you, my dear. Catherine touched the hearts of every person she encountered. She gave hope to the despairing and love to the fearful. She fed and nursed the sick, buried the dead, and prayed from the depths of her soul all the while. She did this for years and developed a reputation that spread even outside the city. Each day, men and women lined up to seek her counsel. Even members of the government and church sought out her wisdom. She had an uncanny way of speaking the truth. She was firm, but always kind. Catherine would often venture to the outskirts of the city to care for families with the plague. 
The walk was long, but she loved taking in the quiet countryside. On a windy spring afternoon, Catherine was walking home on a path lined with fields of sunflowers. She stopped to catch her breath and squinted as she looked out at the horizon. Without warning, the sun quickly rose high in the sky and seemed to dance. She fell to her knees and knew that the Lord was close. Catherine, you have suffered bravely and helped so many to find me. Lord, take me from myself and give me to yourself. Jesus smiled and looked to his side where there stood a beautiful woman cloaked in blue. She handed Jesus a ring that sparkled brilliantly. Catherine, this ring is for you. It is a sign of your mystical marriage to me. Only you will be able to see it, but when you look at it, be reminded of my love for you. Oh, thank you. I've never known such joy. You have many difficult trials ahead, but you must continue to endure with love and truth. I will. Oh, I will. And just like when he had appeared to her so many years before, Jesus faded into the light. The sunflowers swayed back and forth with the wind, and the quiet countryside seemed lonely to Catherine. She looked down at her hand and smiled as her ring sparkled with a radiant light. She knew that the road ahead would be filled with hardship, but God had created her for a purpose, and she would stop at nothing to do his will. Ange lingua gloriosi, corporis mysterium, sanguinisque preziosi, quem in mundi preziosum, thrumptus ventris generosi, rex effudi gentium. Janitori, janitoque, laused jubilatio, salus honor virtus quoque, sit et benedictio, procendenti abutroque, compersit laudatio. This is just the start of St. Catherine's story. In our next episode, we'll hear how she saves a life and changes the mind of one of the most influential leaders in medieval history. St. Catherine suffered greatly, but always gave her hardships to God as a prayer. All of us are called to offer up our own sufferings as a prayer. We do this during times of fasting, like in the season of Lent, when we abstain from something to turn our hearts to God. What are ways that you can offer things up for Christ? Maybe it's donating your allowance to the poor or not complaining when you might want to. Our discomforts can be turned into a prayer when we offer them as a gift to Christ. 
Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. And a special thanks to the patrons who helped make this episode possible. Vincent Esqueda, Edith, Ruby, Eli, and Isaac Taylor, the Jensen family, Micah, Dominic, Evan, Joel, and Lucy Mitnall, Gerard, Tommy, Jane, and Chip Malloy, the Watson family, Leo, Lucia, and Luca Carlson, Maria and Sophia Heffernan, Joseph, Dominic, Gemma, and Juliana Zuko, and Robin and Sophia Stewart. Thank you all so much for helping make this podcast possible. We are excited to announce the launch of our Saints Alive Youth Missions. We are now bringing Saints Alive to you, live, in your parish or school. Our youth missions are dynamic talks to inspire your children to set out on the journey to sainthood. Complete with giveaways, you can turn a normal school day into a day that forms future saints. Booking now for the coming fall and spring semesters. Email us today for more information at saintsalivetalks at gmail.com. And don't forget to mark your calendars for the next episode on St. Philip Neri, premiering May 15th.